0: Welcome to the HR Huddle Podcast, presented by Sapient Insights Group, the ultimate resource for all things HR. It's time to get in the huddle.
1: Welcome to the HR Huddle Podcast and to this episode of Spilling the Tea on HR Tech. I'm Stacey Harris.
0: And I'm Kim Seals. Thanks so much for joining us be sure to subscribe and share the show with a friend or two who want to stay in
1: the know. That's right, Kim. Every episode, we are serving a fresh brew of the hottest news and insights in HR tech. This week, our tea is laser focused on crucial takeaways from our annual HR system survey, including key trends on spending, vendor feedback, and where you need to invest for 2022. Plus the return of the HR tech conference this fall and how you can get access to this data for yourself.
0: Speaking of getting access to the data, give us the scoop. Who participated in this year's survey and and what did you find out from that?
1: This year, we had over 4,000 organizations hit the survey and give us some data. But because of our cleaning process and because we're really focused on making sure that we get information that's going to be of value to the market, we have over 2,177 individual unique organizations who we have data sets from, about a 15% increase from last year. That covers 33 million employees and contingent workers. And it's 52 different countries that we have data from headquartered wise.
0: Not to call you a data geek, Stacey, but to call you a data geek. Yes. Nobody, nobody gives a shit how much time we spent cleaning the data. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I do. <laughs> that is not the tasty tea, Stacey. I want the
1: outcome. Yeah. We really probably need to get to that level. Like I am the data geek, and I'm gonna give you more than you want, right? <laughs> okay. Finally, we always have a pretty good mix between large, medium, and, and small organizations. This year, we had a 9% increase in those small organizations. And that really shows us that the market is expanding, particularly for organizations below that 1,000-employee level and the type of HR technology that they're looking for. There's going to be an awful lot of opportunity in the next couple of years to talk about who's servicing those organizations below 1,000 employees. We had a couple of other things that came out of the research beyond sort of who participated, but also around those big themes. And we talk a lot about what the customer feedback has been in our research. We talk a lot about HR tech spending and where the solutions are at.
0: That's terrific. Let's dig into the data.
1: The big conversation that came out this year in the voice of the customer is that people are generally happier with their HR technology, but expecting more out of that going forward. They really want more value from their HR tech. Kim, you've done a lot of work with organizations who have focused on that next level of getting business insights from their HR technology. Does it surprise you that people are happier with what they're getting this year, but they still want more?
0: No, I think this is the year of being grateful, right? (laughs) Maybe the last two years of being grateful. So it might be a bit of that, right? Where it's like, look, we've got bigger problems to focus on than some of these little nits that might have gotten us down in the past. But we still do want more from our vendors. We want our vendors to step up and be our partners when times are tough and we've got a lot going on. I mean, I was on a call today with a vendor that was sharing some insights about how they're really stepping into things like contact tracing and how to track vaccination statuses and doing more for their clients and customers because they know that they just need it. So that's just my two cents of what I think might be going on.
1: Yeah, I've been looking at this data, I think, for the last two months nonstop. And it's helpful sometimes to get a different perspective on on where we think the data is having an impact on the market. The other thing, as I noted, was that increase in small organizations. And we saw a really interesting, I think, shift taking place for those small organizations in the fact that they're really looking for more services to be provided. We've always seen that the, the, the SMB market expected more PEO services and more managed services from their vendors in the HR technology market. But we are now starting to see that request for a little bit larger organizations. Those are now in the thousand fifteen hundred 1,500 range as well. Kim, you've worked a lot in that services industry. Do you think that this is going to sort of lend itself to a, a bigger conversation about services and delivery inside of a lot of these HR tech vendors? You
0: know, it's one of the most common things I hear from organizations after they're done implementing a new system is that they've underestimated how much support they're going to need post go live. It's an interesting reflection of the data that shows that the tech vendors who are stepping into this managed services a bit more, thinking about what the real issues are that HR is facing and how they need to use the tech to solve them, that those are the ones that are getting the highest ratings and perhaps are set up for more success over the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, I think there's going to be some shocks this year when people look at the employee feedback data, because what we're going to see is that there's a little bit higher response rates for those managed service organizations. That includes organizations like Paychex and ADP, Ceridian, and UKG, who really spend a lot of time investing in that.
0: It's a very interesting take. I'm excited to see when the report comes out.
1: The tech spending side of this is the other conversation, right? Not only are we looking at what's the feedback that's coming back from the employees and from the HR administrators who are using the technology, but we're also looking at how much spending the market is planning to increase. And this is a big change right now. We're seeing definitely increases in plans for HR tech spending and over 57% total increase in plans to increase overall spending. But that particularly gets much higher for large organizations. Those over 2,500 employees, over 50% of them are now saying that they are going to be increasing their their overall HR tech spending. Does this surprise you that large organizations still have so much room to increase HR technology spending, Kim?
0: Well, it's really going to be a question of what do they spend it on. That's where the real insights behind the data will come in. What's top of mind for them as they think about what they need to be adding to their tech roadmap, where they might need to be improving some certain functionality or data sets. That's the piece that I'm super curious about is where, where will the money be spent? What will they actually be buying?
1: And we're going to have a little bit of that data in the report. So people will be able to see it by size. We're also going to have a little bit of it by industry. I'm excited to share because I do think that there's a big difference. The small organizations already seem to be much more focused on learning and benefits. The large organizations are still focusing on learning and skills management areas, but they're also investing a lot more intelligent technology. And so I think we're going to see differences, as you noted, by the size.
0: For sure. Stacey, let's shift gears a bit. Let's talk about emerging trends. What's happening in the cool crowd this year?
1: Not surprisingly, we're seeing a lot of them invest money and time in machine learning, robotic process automation, chatbot tools. All of those are up by almost 30% and with lots more of organizations reviewing whether or not they're going to buy more. Really interesting that came out of that data is that over 40% of organizations are getting those not from their core HR organization or from their existing HR technology, but from organizations that sit outside of the HR technology market, which means they're either building it or they're purchasing it for someone like Microsoft or Google. And on top of that, we're seeing a lot of investment in benchmarking data this year as well. And that, to me, is really exciting because I think the benchmarking data is a precursor to broader conversations about artificial intelligence and the training data that's needed for the artificial intelligence. Probably not so exciting is that most of that data is still in compensation data sets due to, I think, the great resignation and all the job hunting that people are doing right now. And only about 18% of that's in skills data sets right now, which is the area we're going to see more growth in, but it's still fairly low. You've seen a lot of organizations who are focusing on emerging technology Does any of this surprise you as far as the amount of investment that organizations are making in intelligent technology or artificial intelligence right now?
0: Not surprising me that they're uh, spending the money on it, but I'm still waiting for the year, Stacey, where you tell me that they've actually done something with it. (laughs) Something beyond just recruiting, right, where we know AI tends to be the most successful in terms of that space and how you do talent acquisition am cautiously optimistic that you're going to come back at the end of this and tell me that this was the year that people did something with the AI software they've been buying.
1: I'll try and find it for you, Kim. I don't know if we're going to get there, but I will do my best to find it for you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. All right. Given this mighty data set, where's your head right now? Was 2021 an anomaly? Is it a continuation of 2020? Do you think we're reverting back to 2019 stats?
1: Well, as any good researcher knows, to get the right data, you've got to ask the right questions. Not only ask questions that we've always asked about what organizations planning to use in their technology and where they're planning to go. We also spent a lot of time asking about what outcomes they were achieving over the last 12 months to get a sense of the comparisons we could make. That's going to be really valuable data when we start looking at how organizations become resilient, because it is truly a challenge to do HR in the midst of all of this.
0: Definitely. Putting this all together for us, are we throwing away these past benchmarks?
1: I don't think we should throw away the last couple of years. What we should be looking at is the opportunity to figure out how this data fits into our long-term strategic planning. You and I both have talked a lot about how important something like workforce planning seems to be. Even if it's only for a 12-month rolling model, that type of insight and review of their processes and their data and their enterprise workforce needs, that's where this kind of data can be leveraged. We're finding that those organizations who have invested in workforce planning efforts and invested in talent management over the last several years are really the ones who are weathering these challenges the best based off of our data sets.
0: Sounds like you'll be sharing some pretty interesting intel at HR Tech for everybody who'll be there.
1: What I think is is going to be a really big conversation at HR Tech is how the macro trends that everybody's dealing with are going to sort of fit into what we're seeing and how we're going to be reading the data this year.
0: Okay, my resident data queen. <laughs> I own it. <laughs> Read the tea leaves for us on a few macro trends everyone seems to be super fired up about. Okay. The great resignation, labor shortages, yep. addressing the skills gap, gotcha, and the pandemic-driven work environment.
1: What we're seeing in our data is that every year we ask organizations the percentage of their workforce that falls into different categories of age ranges. And what we found is that the Generation X and the Baby Boomer percentages were on average 20% lower than what they had been in the past years. And those are numbers that don't change dramatically every year. There's always a little bit of shift as younger generations move into the workforce and the older generations move into retirement. But this was a huge dip, particularly in that middle range Of employees between the ages of 30 to 50 years old. We're also seeing organizations are struggling with bringing uh, women workers back to the work environment, particularly those who are mothers and caretakers of their families. And we're seeing organizations struggle to bring in workers who feel like they really want a different value proposition with their organization or maybe hybrid work environments. All of those things are part of this conversation probably most importantly, and what everyone's going to be most interested in is we know where we're at. Now we want to know how we get out of this situation. The piece people are going to walk away from our data is real actionable things that they can do, not just this year, but in how they become flexible and more adaptable organizations going forward. And that's going to be a big part of what we'll be talking about at HR Tech.
0: This is your first in-person conference in over a year. How jazzed are you to be attending HR Tech again?
1: I'm so excited. (laughs)
0: I'm sorry I'll miss it, but I'm heading off on my first vacation in over a year, so I think I'll have a good time too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing like being in person for really getting a sense of what's happening on the ground and having some real conversations. For anyone who isn't able to attend, and we know there's a lot of people, you can also access the annual HR System Survey key findings in two webinar events that Sapient Insights is offering. And that's going to be at the beginning of October and at the end of October. And there'll be more information on how to do that below. All right. That's it for this episode of Spilling the Tea on HR Tech. We'll be back before you know it with another fresh brew.
0: In the meantime, make sure you subscribe or follow and tell a friend about us. Tune in weekly to our other shows, per my last email, where we dig into the diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies with Pam Jeffords. And HR, we have a problem where I'll break down the biggest HR blunders and leave you with actionable advice.
1: When everything goes to hell in a handbasket, it's time to huddle up with a crew that you can count on. We will see you in the HR huddle.